Welcome to McCullough Christian Center's broadcast today. If you would like more information about our church, please visit our website at www.purposemcc.com. Listen, as I shared a little bit earlier, you know, there are times when God begins to do things, and, you know, one of my responsibilities as a pastor is is to be a facilitator to to recognize God moving and allow him to move and sometimes it's one of the it's a place of of nervousness because I don't know and I don't I don't know exactly what's going to happen next some of y'all, it might not matter to you. But, but I'm an I's dotted and a T's cross person. I'm a ducks in the row kind of person. I want to know. I, I want to I I have it all figured out. But Sunday morning, none of that works. And I have to recognize that, that God is doing something that is beyond me. He's doing something that is beyond uh, our worship. He's doing something greater. And so I asked myself, God, what are you doing? And the only answer that I get is this, that God continues to speak to me. And he said, he said, son, he said, the world, the community, your congregation, your region, needs to have an encounter with a God that goes beyond a doctrine, that goes beyond a denomination, that goes beyond a three-point sermon and a, pure, and a pretty song. And he said, son, I'm raising up men and women whom I have touched and whom I have pulled out of literal death. And he said, I want you to begin to use them to share what I'm doing. And in that, God, is, God has just been doing some, some miraculous things. And so this morning is another one that God has done a miraculous thing. And, and I want you to understand that when people get up here on this stage and share a testimony, they're testifying of something that God has done, but, but what you don't see, what you don't see while they're standing here is that there have been people that were closed in a bedroom somewhere. People that were driving down the road with tears coming down their face that have been calling their names out before the throne of God. Perhaps it's been a mom or a dad or a sister or a brother or a friend 
that has seen the road that they were headed down and just begin to cry out to God, God, would you have mercy on my son or daughter? And so the testimonies that you see in many ways have been made possible because somebody prayed. Somebody got around an altar and said, hey, Lord, it's me again. If you don't touch him or if you don't touch her, they're going to be destroyed. But I'm believing that you're going to raise them up. And so this morning, several weeks ago, I talked with Terry, and he told me, he said, I want to share my testimony. I want to share what God has done in my life. And as I told you last Sunday and the Sunday before that, you can argue with me about different things in the Bible. You can even argue with me of whether or not the Bible is real. You can argue with me if God is real or he's not. You can do all that stuff. That's intellectual arguments that get nowhere. But there's one thing that you cannot argue with me about. And that is my testimony. <clears throat> you, can, you, can, you can tell me all day long God is not real. You can tell me all day long that God is not able to save. He's not able to deliver. But at the end of what you're saying, I'm going to simply stand and say, but you don't know what he did in my life. So you can't argue with a testimony. A testimony is simply a witness of something that has happened in my life. And so this morning, I've given up. I don't try to prove there is a God anymore. I'm not going to try to argue. I'm not going to get on Facebook and try to get all the atheists saved and all the agnostics redeemed. I'm not wasting my time on that. But what I am going to do is I'm going to present a life that has been changed by the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to give a testimony of my life that has been made new by him and him only. Amen. And I believe that's what God's doing in this hour that we're living in today, raising up men and women that have been changed by the power of the gospel. Brother Terry Cumby, would you go ahead and come, sir? Where's Terry? There he is. Come on, come on and give him, give him a good hand this morning.
First thing I want to do is I want to tell my family and my wife that I'm sorry for all I've put y'all through. And I want to tell the best wife that God ever gave to a man to me. And Diane, I know I've told you I've been sorry a million times and I've gave you flowers. But I got you some today that I want to give you. Front of all these people. I tell you, I'm sorry for, for, that, for the man that you. But I'm here on. You gonna be. God gives me years to live for you. I'm gonna live for you and for him, both. I got saved in my early 20s. I lived for, for the Lord for several years. And then I got away from him. And when I got away from him, things began to go, go sour for me. But, but God, God still stood by me. But I, I want to just tell you some of the things that, that, that I dealt myself in my life from when I was away from God. I've been took to the emergency room seven times by ambulance with life-threatening injuries. I've been life-flighted two times in my life with life-threatening injuries. I've totaled five pickup trucks out. It cost me thousands of dollars in, in automobile insurance and hospital bills. Pain and suffering to myself and my family for for years. My neck's been broke two times. I, I'm, I'm, I'm fused from C1 to through all the way through L2 in my back. I've had seven major neck surgeries. I've had two skin grafts. Now, this is what God's done for me. He saved my life seven times. Seven times. He saved my life two times. And my soul, because I tried to take my own life. Last time, he saved my he saved my soul and my life. I asked God, lay on the ground. There was no blood come out of me, no nowhere else. Cut all cut myself all to pieces. Cause I I was I just tired. I'd ask God to take me if I couldn't change my life. He said no. I said, well, I'm going to do it myself. He said, no, you ain't. He said, I ain't saved you all these years for you to be. He said, you're going to live. You're going to live and you're going to stand up and you're going to tell people what I've done, you've done for you. And that's why I'm standing here today. It's because if you don't think there's a God out there, 
I'll sit at, you, some of you guys want to know you sit around with me sometimes, and I sit down and I tell, show you what God can do for you and what he will do for you. If he knows your heart and you want to live for him, he will never give up on you. Never, never. And today, I'm a drug addiction free. I, I have a relationship with God that's better than it's ever been. Me and my wife are happy, and my home, house has become a home again. That's what my God's done for me. Come on, come on and give him, give him some worship. over at your husband and said, oh, my Lord, I'm going to kill the pastor. Share with me just a little bit about what you just told me earlier. Um, I've been back and forth to the doctor about three months. Um, they've told me a few times I had breast cancer, told me a few times I didn't. Um, I went two weeks ago for my MRI. And the doctor said it's either going to open a can of worms or, you know, we're going to be fine. Well, she called me Thursday. And where it was 90% mass, that mass is not there. And I have to go um, to the Mitchell Cancer Center next week, and they're saying I'm going to have to take something for the rest of my life to prevent it from turning to cancer. And I'm believing that I'm not going to have to take anything. Now, listen. We've heard testimonies of people that <clears throat> have have lived terrible lives, drugs, 
addictions, things like that. We've heard testimonies of healing. Brother Larry shared last week, Sister Jennifer, about what God has done. So I want to change gears a little bit. Come here, brother. I've only known <clears throat> Brother Rabin, I don't know, <laughs> September of this past year. But tell us, tell us, tell us what you were like when you came here. And listen, we're not bragging on church. This ain't got nothing to do with the church. This is Jesus. All right. First and foremost. Well, I'm going to hold the microphone because you'll start preaching, okay? <laughs> well, first and foremost, um, back when I was married, I was married for 21 years. You know, God called me into the ministry, and I, I ran. I went to Bible school, and I just ran away from God. And I came home, and then we uh, started having problems with my oldest son, and um he is 37 now, and he's incarcerated, and he's had uh, a drug addiction problem since he was 12. But I myself had to, you know, make some decisions after my divorce, and I just went through a really hard time of just even still giving to the church, but not going to church. And anyway, I, I had a business. I was in the Nextel cell phone business for about eight years, and, and things were going really, really well. And then all of a sudden, they went really, really bad. And I had to close the business, and I finally got a job with another company, and I wasn't making very much money. And um, I basically sold everything that I had. And I started working, and I was literally paying my bills with a credit card, with money that I would mow grass for on the side. I had a son at University of South Alabama was trying to help with that, and things were going so backwards, backwards and backwards and backwards to the point that I had over 60-something thousand dollars worth of debt, just signature loans, not attached to my home, my vehicles, or anything. And I got this job, and one day... I, I, I was I was seeing a client in Gulf Breeze, Florida, and I'll never forget it as long as I live. I'm I'm standing in front of this pastor, and and we're talking, and I begin to cry out to him, and I begin to tell him my problems, and I just I begin to cry, and I begin to weep, and I begin to say, you know, all the problems that I was having, just like David did in Psalms 13. He just kept crying out to God, saying, "Why, Lord? Why, Lord? Why, Lord?" And this man, after I cried out and was telling him all of that, he simply paused for a minute and he looked at me and he said, wow. And I'm thinking to myself, wow, brother, I just told you I've, I've got a lot of problems. Wow's all you got. And this man looked at me with a big smile on his face. He said, wow, Raven. He said, I'm anxious to see what God is about to do in your life. 
Not long after that, there was a man that quit with the company that I was with, and they gave me his book of business. And not long after that, I'm, I'm standing in a, in a line at Bank of America making my house payment, and this woman at the, looked at me, and I don't know what my house payment was, six or $700 a month, and I had financial problems. And this woman, she looked at me, just come up to the window, took my payment and looked at me, and she said, Mr. Bethay, she said, you need to go to our downtown branch and see about refinancing your home. And I'm thinking, lady, I've already got my, my, my mortgage is with you. Why do I need to do that? And she just looked at me again, and she said, Mr. Bethay, you need to go to our downtown branch, and you need to apply for, for us to refinance your home. And I looked at her, and I said, lady, I live in Flomington, Alabama. You don't understand. I can't pay the closing costs. I can't do this. I can't do that. I can't do anything. She said, Mr. Bethay, you need to go to our downtown branch, and you need to apply. I go down there, I fill out the paperwork, and within two weeks a man calls me, and he said, Mr. Bethay, he said, I have your loan approved with no closing cost, with no this, with no that. My payment went down $400 a month. And six, six months to a year later, that $60,000 in debt was gone. So, so what I'm here to say this morning is, and I wondered why God had led me this scripture, Pastor, but in reading Psalms 13, David said, why? He said, why, God, am I in this cave? Why am I running from Saul? God, with all the things that I did, why, Lord, am I running? But if you read the very last part, David said, but still, I yet trust you, Lord. So, so my new word is not why, God. But how, God, can I glorify you through my mess? How, God, can I glorify you through my mess? Take that, devil. Take that, devil. Amen. sit out there and I said God I said I don't want to do anything I don't, I don't want to be involved in ministry I don't want to do nothing I said I just want to sit out here God and I said see if you can bless me that's exactly what I said and I'm telling you from the time I walked in that door when I was brought here by my two neighbors that loved me dearly they was not going to let me I, I basically had made up my mind I was just going to go to a a church nowhere where they didn't even raise their hands and praise the Lord. But when I come in this church, I'm telling you, it was like the chains fell off of me. And I cried every service. And I said, finally, one day, I said, God, if there is anything in me that you want used for your glory, I'm here. 
He's still writing that story. Terry, he's just started writing your story. <clears throat> so here's, here's the thing, and, and we're fixing clothes. Sandy, will you guys go ahead and come? Because the question is, it seems, it seems like that God is always doing it for the other person. It seems like everybody else is always getting their breakthrough. What about my breakthrough? It seems that God is always redeeming somebody else's son or daughter, but what about my son or my daughter, can God do it for me? Can God do it for me? And here's the thing. He will do it for anybody who is willing to be willing to allow him to take control of your life. So we could go on for hours and hours and hours with testimonies of how God has changed people's lives. But can he do it for you? Yes, he can. Yes, he can. And I believe that the place that, that all of that starts is called an altar, a meeting place with God. That's what I need. That's what you need is a meeting place with God. And I believe it's the altar. You say, but pastor, I don't have to come to the altar to meet God. No, you don't. But I believe you have to come to the altar sometimes to make a statement of faith in saying, God, I'm getting out of my comfort zone and I'm coming to the altar and I'm expecting that when I get to the altar, that I'm going to have an encounter with you. So I want you to stand with us, please, all over the building. And I've asked these guys to do gratitude again. Because I believe there's some people here this morning that God wants to do a work in your life. So this altar is open. If you want to encounter the God that these guys have been talking about, if you want to encounter the God that Terry was talking about, man, isn't that awesome? 
that even when he wanted to end it all, God said, no, you're not. Because the purpose of God, the plan of God for his life was greater than what the enemy was wanting to do.